Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the Celtics Reddit Podcast. Ben Vallis here, or as I go by on Celtics Reddit, Brutal Gash. We've got a full squad today. Jackson's here, aka Rickman Lives. Jackson, how's it going, man? Fantastic, man. We've got actual meaningful basketball to talk about, so I'm stoked. I know, absolutely. It's it's very exciting. And a big welcome back to Joe, aka Dose Groats McFly, from over there in beautiful New Zealand. Joe, welcome back, buddy. How's things? It's been a it's been a minute, mate. It's been a minute. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I'm enjoying the hoops. Oh, it's so I, nice. I think, <laughs> I think I'd actually forgotten how much I missed it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then yeah. the presentation has been like really surprisingly very good. Like it's very easy to just get right back into. Yeah, the bubbles are awesome. The bubbles <laughs> sick. I love it. I feel I felt very obviously. I think I said this on a podcast a long time ago, but in New Zealand, the bubble experience has been pretty smooth Mm -hmm. so i had a high degree of confidence that if a bubble was attempted it would be successful but i don't know that i can say i'm vindicated when you look at what's happened with the soccer you know but um yeah i felt like they do work (laughs) they really do bubbles work we've seen it it's been proven uh also doing work the celtics who are one and one and two games into their bubble regular season stretch earlier today the 128 to 124 win against the blazers of portland Joe, I'm going to throw you the rock, seeing as it's been a little while since we've had you on. Um, how are you feeling about the Celtics like walking away from this one? And I guess maybe you can add the, the Bucks game in there as well. Um, I'd say not not like not all fired up about our prospects, uh-huh. you know, but not like particularly discouraged either. Um, I I thought uh, well, my vibe on the Bucks game was a little bit of a shoulder shrug. Like mm. in reality, guys, like they are. They uh, would be expected to beat us in a playoff series. Um, and uh, that showed, you know, that showed that they were the better team. Agreed. You know, and we'll have to play very well to beat them. So it's sort of, it's hard to take too much from it. Um, I love Marcus Smart. Like just every, t- if we better never get rid of him. Honestly, <laughs> I actually think I'd rather lose Tatum. I'm, I wow. don't even think I'm kidding. Yep. Like he makes me cheerful. You know, you just get behind the guy, you know, he's, brilliant yeah absolutely and like he's looked incredible we talked about it in the chat a couple of days ago but like is there a case that can be made for for smart to potentially start over Kemba and then like since then Kemba's looked kind of like very good in his own right like original 
Kemba there. So, like, have your feelings on that changed at all, given how good Kemba's looked, uh, particularly in the game today against Portland? I, I, man, that knee, eh? That is, you probably covered this a bit, you know, already, but, like, man, that's not good. But, like, yeah, it's not great, but he, he looks good, right? Like, Jackson, you would have seen yeah. the game today. Like, he's looking pretty good in increasingly, you know, extended minutes here. Yeah, well, on a minutes restriction, he looks he looks fine and he looks like he, he should. And um, look, this is the same guy who I think the start of last season was just like scoring like 40, like just consecutive games, like back to back to back to back. Granted, that was a while ago. Granted, a lot has happened since then. But I mean, this guy's got the potential to like go off and be a super important, you know, contributor offensively um, to us, particularly if Tatum has another night off, which I don't think will happen very often, but you know, it will at some stage. So if he can, you know, if he was playing more minutes in the Bucks game, I think, I think we would have had a better chance. In fact, I think we probably could have maybe even nicked it um, the way he was playing. But um, to answer your question about Smart overtaking Kemba, I think that's the long-term plan, surely. I think once Kemba is past his sort of best-by date, which, you know, could be well sooner than we think. It could have already passed it. I'm not too sure. But sooner or later, I think that's going to be Smart's position to uh, to, to lose, basically. And um, unless Tremont Waters, you know, turns into, you know, Allen Iverson come uh, Isaiah Thomas, <laughs> uh, it, it's going to not be anyone else on the Celtics. So we'd have to trade for someone. And I don't think we'd be looking to do that in the point guard position. But that's looking ahead. So, yeah. Did I answer that sufficiently? Sorry. <laughs> uh, sure. Absolutely. I guess the, the thing to take away from there is maybe we're spoiled for choice, at least currently. Sure. The, the knee situation... With with Kemba is concerning but um between the two of them Smart and Kemba they they basically formulate the perfect point guard right if you can combine all their abilities um and so the, the rotation of the two of them um I don't know it's interesting uh, and it, it's kind of proved useful and Jackson like you mentioned the the Bucks game yes like we should expect to lose against the Bucks and we should expect the Bucks to beat pretty much everyone they are like by record and a lot of other accounts that the best team in the league mm. but you know if it weren't for that 7-2 start if it weren't for Tatum completely shooting the bed and if it weren't for Kemba's limited minutes like we I don't know Joe I, I hope that you're going to bring me back down to, to earth a little bit here but like we were, we were in for a chance there right am, am I wrong? Uh, I mean, <laughs> look, probably not. Like, <laughs> you know, what's the, I feel healthy. like there's a saying. There's a saying that's coming to mind, and I don't know if it's still PC. So, but it's along the lines of, if you know, if my if my uncle was a woman, she'd be my aunt. You know, but. <laughs> I hear. But then again, it's 2020, so so maybe we could have been the bus. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just think, just briefly on Kimber, like, um, look, yeah, in the here and now, like, I I think our offense feels like it has a nicer tempo when he's there, mm. um, and it's partly because he's such a threat to shoot off that off that pick and roll. Um, I just feel like it, it just forces action to happen a lot quicker. Like the the the, the the defense has to make more difficult decisions much earlier in the shot clock, I think, than they do with Smart. But, uh, yeah, I'm pretty convinced at this point that Kemba, if there's an amnesty clause that comes in with the next, with whatever variations they make to the CBA, uh, I reckon they'll, I reckon they'll, they'll use it on Kemba. Wow. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah I mean, it goes back to maybe emphasize just how 
happy we all are and perhaps the franchise is with Marcus Smart and that they'd be maybe a little bit more comfortable pulling the, the trigger on, on that potential amnesty. Seems weird to say, given what we've seen from Canberra over the last couple of games. But um, mm. yeah, I mean, that knee's only going to get worse, yeah, right? Yeah. That, that won't happen in a million years if he's like our MVP for this bubble run, which I'd highly doubt, but, you know, not beyond the realms of possibility. So, um, you know... We- Here's his chance, you know. Here's his chance to say, "I'm the real deal, and I'm I'm here for the long run." So, and I think savor it, like just yeah. savor yeah. Kimber Walker right now, because this is this may be as effective as he is at any time for the Celtics, and this may be the this may be the peak of Kimber's career. You know, there's a chance that we go on a pretty decent playoff run here. So just enjoy it, and I hope I hope Kimber enjoys it. And look, hey, I can be wrong, you know. Ho- hopefully, I am. Hopefully, he's a hopefully he lives up to his contract. But he's a he was kind of a shaky fourth third contract guy anyway to me you know he wasn't like a clear-cut max guy for his third contract um and there's a chance that we wind up you know um look but Horford man I really wanted Horford back I thought gee that's a disaster without Horford and you know it probably has worked out all right for us hasn't it (laughs) it would appear so it would appear so and uh, I don't know about you guys but I was I was very much enjoying the I know it's not ideal seating wise for us necessarily but that six is loss yesterday or the day before i just fucking hate the sixes so when they lose i am happy it's as simple yeah. as that there's always <laughs> silver lining no matter what the detrimental effect may be to us so yeah no i'm with you there i've just been having dirty thoughts about the raptors though i love them yeah yeah that's right yeah <laughs> i love the raptors man that's so good yeah. it does it does feel naughty though because they are this like oh, so very naughty. close rival at least seating wise and yet like it one one one's mind does wander sort of in an erotic direction when when <laughs> One thinks about having a torrid nah. affair with Pascal Siakam. Nah. <laughs> Jackson, no, I'm, 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 no, no, no. I'm, I can respect them, sure, but now fuck that. You know, they're, they're a direct, they're a direct <laughs> rival. It's a like great pride in stomping all over Kyle Lowry and getting to the East Conference Finals. But yeah, I, I, I'm not super confident <laughs> that it would go down that way. Um, just getting back to the Bucks game real quick. The only thing I thought I had from that game was <laughs> Jackson's got notes here. He's like, <laughs> hey, great chat, guys, schedule, but I've got gentlemen. an agenda. Back I've got an agenda. One, amendum A. Um, <laughs> No, I just think um, the Bucks were either going to blow us out or win like by a bit. We were either just ever going to like nick it like towards the end. I felt like if we can just like position ourselves right at the end, then we would be we have every chance. And I think if Kemba plays, I think he does. So yeah, th- that was that game. But I mean, can, can we talk about the, the game we actually won? <laughs> yeah, we jumped out of the gates here, and yeah. we do have some notes um, to get to. And I want to start with Tatum, who was probably the most satisfying takeaway overall, at least from from my perspective. Walking away from this one, it was just a relief to see him respond that way. User Bubsy Boo on Celtics Reddit writes, uh, Tatum is a superstar. That's how you respond to a bad game. Um, I've wrapped a true or false around that. Guys, do you, do you think Bubsy Boo is onto something here? Is that is that a superstar response from Tatum or is it just a coincidence or is it just a um, regression to the mean or what, what do you take from that? Real quick, I think it's overstating to say it is a superstar response, even though that would be indicative of superstar players to mm. bounce back from it and an awful game with a very, very good game. But um, look, um, I think the hair is a big part. We need to really uh, take into account the fact that he uh, he did the Kyrie treatment and just got rid of it and uh, the game returned. But uh, no, getting back to like, is it a superstar move? I think it's indicative of like the form he was in prior to lockdown. So to have a misstep and then to come back to it. Like, it, well, let's see how it goes against the Heat before I, I'd say that's a, that's a proper superstar reply. But um, no, the, the, it was a relief to see him just make a bucket, let alone, you know, 34. So very happy. 
Um, I think a superstar response would be to drop 35 games in a row because that's what they do every yeah. night. That's what yeah. superstars do. Sure. That, that means that, that means he is a superstar, but one, you know, anyone can have one game. Um, just quickly get the edit button ready, <laughs> Ben. <laughs> um, but I like this. Uh, I, the haircut's getting real bad rap, you know. Um, people are saying there's no buckets in them. I like the Orlando aesthetic for Tatum. Um, I felt like it was um, less racially ambiguous, to be honest. I felt like <laughs> <laughs> I felt like the tan and the fro. Uh-huh. You know, it was it was like he was committing to I the cause. It gave, gave me constant confidence in the man. You know. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Is it not more racially ambiguous? It's the curls and and there's a tan. Like I I was pretty sure the direction he was going. Yeah, it was it was darker. I'm sure of it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm not the expert uh, in the, in that realm in any sense. But um, look, he got the haircut, and we've got we've got the data. Like Kyrie got the cut. He, <laughs> yeah. he got these stats back up. Tatum gets the cut. The stats are right back there. Small sample size, but I mean, it seems silly, but like it, it continues to work for people one, in Celtics uniforms. So one would add that. Sorry, man. One would add that Jalen Brown got rid of the flat top and replaced it with a more permanently shorter haircut. And uh, mm, look at him now. So I think the hair is something to it, man. I really and, do. And I'm actually I'm visually running down the list of the rest of our players, particularly guys who who need an improvement. And like their hair's already Can't too short. They, they can't, can't shave off anymore. <laughs> See, what I was getting at with Tatum though is his hair. Like him and Daniel Tice could look kind of similar some nights, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hear you. I hear you. Do you guys remember when Jay Crowder, when he missed the free throw, and he said, oh, yeah, Slim Shady, and, and when he was being peroxide blonde, and we never saw it again. <laughs> sure. yeah, Jay Crowder broke him that game. It was so obvious. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, in all seriousness, though, with Tatum, the, the eight assists, I think, is very impressive. It's actually a career high for Tatum, um, not only finding his shot, but also just, like, bringing a more holistic well-rounded game and and really snapping back to that form like joe you're absolutely right like just as he can have one terrible game and everyone piles on him for for that he can also just have one flash in a pan good game so we need to see more consistency there but like it's not like he just chucked a few shots and and got lucky and they went in like he actually like put up a really good stat line and actually had a really good game and along with tatum i'm sorry along with brown who we'll get to in a second like executed really well down the stretch in that fourth quarter yeah, yeah. Um, there was, I was encouraged that he was finding Brown a lot. Like I feel like all of his assists were to Brown. He had a great mm. find when he went baseline, and and Brown was at like the kind of at the kind of at the slot. Um, I think um, for me though, like I was disappointed with his attitude in the Bucks game. Yeah, um, that's fair. not not so much the result. And um, and I was like, oh, that's just that's interesting. That's not like he's just. He's young, you know, but that's that's a little indica- indication of maybe his, maybe a slight weakness in his mental makeup. He, to me, he clearly pouted mm-hmm. um, when things weren't going his way, and I was like, hmm, interesting. Um, but look, he's he's got a body of work this year. He averaged twenty four points a game. He's a <laughs> he's a real all star. He's not a he's not an Eastern Conference consolation prize all star. He's a real one, <laughs> you know. Totally, uh, Jalen Brown. We should get to. Um, Perfect fourth quarter, flawless fourth quarter. Uh, are you seeing anything new or different from JB in, in this sort of bubble phase or is it just more of the same from, from what we've seen from him so far this season? <laughs> See, still seeing a few few free throws at that front of that room. <laughs> yeah. I think that the, the key to 
them is when they work as a duo. Like uh, what they say it was we're now 15 and 0 or 14 and 0 when Jalen Brown is more than 25 <laughs> or scores 30 perhaps. I can't remember what it is. But... Do you think Gundy, do you think Gundy hit the court? He was yeah. like, oh, well. Let's just stop watching. Let's just yeah. stop playing the game. It's over. <laughs> well, he ended up being right. It was right. End. We were in front. Yeah. <laughs> it was such a burn of Mike Breen, eh? Like, dumb stat, Mike. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd be interested to see how many of those games where Jalen scored uh, 30 or whatever the stat is, like what, what Tatum had as well. Uh, if he was playing at all, so um, yeah, I, I think I think the key to them is is them working as a pair or working as a, as a duo. So you know, Jalen fantastic in the fourth. Um, you know that that the three was like, was like really the the dagger, and he hit that, and that was from a Tatum assist. I'm pretty sure. So yep. um, I think like the combination there is is the key to us uh, going forward because I think when those two are like are having the night that they had tonight, like I don't think even with a comeback that we allowed, I think we're going to win like the vast majority of those games. I love it when he plays with confidence. I think Jalen Brown's, um, it's he 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 is sort of a he is sort of has some, some opposite mental weaknesses. His is sort of like lack of maybe lack of focus or getting tight. You know that you can almost see him getting the yips sometimes. But I love how Brown stays aggressive. And when he hit those threes, I was you know he 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 was not hesitating to shoot. It was great. Mm. Downtown Jalen Brown. I love it. It's one of my favorite, uh, if not often enough used nicknames in the league. Um, but yeah, he, he gets that like sort of badass look in his eyes, right? Where, and he had, especially that, that like Jordan fadeaway over Nurkic, which that yeah. was an essential mm-hmm. bucket, maybe the most essential we bucket for the Celtics right. in the game. And he just, you know, it wasn't a swish, but it popped it. It was, it was very well done, very athletic. A little McGrady-esque, who I, um, I know we trained with um, in the prior offseason a little bit. Very, very difficult shot because his his momentum was heading well and truly back towards the floor at that point. He just squeaked it up and over. It was a it was a manufactured shot, as we would say in cricket. <laughs> <laughs> Reverse sweep. Uh, uh, we should get to the third quarter collapse. It wasn't all obviously positives taking away from this one. User dusting off rights in the post game thread. I did not miss the chest pains. Um, I said to you guys in the chat earlier today, my, my very young daughter, she's almost three weeks old, saw a new side of her papa today, a very tense, frustrated one. I was holding her um, while watching part of this game, and I think she could feel me like vibrating, shaking with, uh, with angst <laughs> through a lot of the third quarter there. She, um, she's going to get used to that, I'm very sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what happened there in the third quarter? Like how, how did the Celtics give up this lead, and, and what did they change to, um, to, to stem the flow, so to speak, in the end there? I don't really have a, a, a hot defensive take on like what we did or anything like that. I just think they, they got really hot and that's what was the, the main issue. But like I guess we've seen this before prior to lockdown. We were giving away a lot of big leads and that was a really worrying trend. Like I think, I think that Brooklyn game just really just mentally just nuked everybody um, because we saw it repeat itself, I think, in the Jazz game and definitely in the Oklahoma City game. Uh, we nearly lost the Pacers game, the last game that we won, um, also prior to lockdown, and then we nearly did it again today. So... Yeah, I hope I hope they figure it out. I hope someone else has got an answer. So I don't. Um, listeners, you can't see this, but I'm actually reaching over to my Bible, and <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I'm just flicking through it and uh, landing on Proverbs chapter 33. Uh, games are won and lost in the third quarter. <laughs> oh, that one. That's the gospel. <laughs> Preach. <laughs> it's the gospel. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we almost we almost did shit this bad in the third quarter. You're absolutely right. 
Where's Wesby? Wesby, where the early lead? Is that Psalm something or other? That's well, in the Old Testament. Be, be, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've got a new got a new command now. Um, no, but it is true. So, so for me, I, I'm I'm sort of like I'm yeah. I, obviously, it's not great to build a 24 point lead then blow it, but if you build a 10 point lead and you blow that, you don't really notice it. Mm-hmm. The, all that's changed is just the order in which people have scored the points. Now, I don't want to... That, that's probably me being a bit more dismissive than I intend to be. Um, what happened in the run, as far as I could tell, is firstly, it seemed like we had real problems with Nurkic. And um, so they sort of started getting some reliable offense through Nurkic. And then they start getting some stops. So you get some stops, you get some twos, then you get confidence. And because three-pointers tend to come off... Like they tend to come in bunches, right? Like they once they, once a team gets a hot hand, those threes start to go down a little more. And I, I sort of feel like the key to it was was Nurkic really giving us problems inside. Um, Tatum was on the bench for a re- I felt like I remember the the, the screen cut to him um, and Grant Williams was in. Yeah, but uh, Grant was too small. Nurkic was too big for us. And that, to me, that's what started the run. Mm. And once the run starts, it kind of you kind of you just kind of got to go with it, you know. And and it'll it'll, it'll stop when it stops. Yeah, Nurkic is the latest big, I think, to look like a prime shack against us. Mm-hmm. Like we've seen, this is like a, a case of repetition at the moment. We've seen it with Stephen Adams and and Aiton as well, and now Nurkic. It seems like like the team's starting big man or big man at times will dominate us. Is this a manageable problem? Is this something that we're going to be able to handle deep into the postseason or will it be our demise in the end? Not the amount of whistles that Daniel Tice gets called for. <laughs> Holy yeah. shit. No, I don't, I don't, I don't. I, I think it's almost worth, I think it's almost worth trading him just because <laughs> someone else's it's not, it's not his fault. But Danny, shit, we get someone's work, a, maybe a slightly kinder whistle like once. <laughs> Fuck. Like it's ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous um yeah no um yeah I, I think i think tyus can do a job but like, he's no match for like your elite big man and like enos Cantor. Eh, no we've, we've been there before so i don't know how you manage it i think smart's got to really probably just take over like how sustainable is that um and just hope we can you know yeah like so like joe said just sustain the run just go with it and stem the bleeding before it gets too bad and keep that distance if we have it well i mean You've got to take advantage on the other end. If you're going to be smaller, right? Then you presumably, if you've got a if you've got a disadvantage defensively, then there must be a sort of concomitant um, advantage offensively. And um, yeah, I don't think it's fatal. I think we're a good unit with with Tice. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's not fatal against normal human beings, um, but against the reality benders like Giannis, um, like Anthony Davis like LeBron, yeah, it's still a problem. You know, it's still a problem having 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 guys that are that are smallish. Um but well, LeBron might not be the best example there, but you know, Davis is gonna give us big problems, man, if we mm. if we would even meet them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because when we're at our best and, you know, we've got this five out thing going on with, with Ty splashing threes as well, like we kind of negate the, the old school big man, the like the Nurkic or the Adams who, who can't really mm. take it outside offensively. But, um, you know, other than the first half against the Blazers today, if we're not consistently hitting from outside, then those bigs remain on the court. They remain relevant on the court and they, and they give us problems. Defensively, you know, we're going under screens and we're dropping back to, to help 
defensively as their big, you know, drops towards the bucket on a pick and roll or whatever. And then in the third today, unfortunately, that gives guys like Lillard and uh, and McCollum these these wide open shots. And it only takes them a couple to get cooking. And all of a sudden, you know, we, we start going over those screens. We start trapping them and they're, they're hitting those shots anyway. Except yeah. for the end of the game where for some reason they went for two points instead of going for a three, which is nuts. <laughs> but I digress. Um so I would have liked to have seen, you know, I mean, I'm going to be a, a keyboard warrior here or um, an armchair warrior here for a second. I would have liked to have seen Brad maybe make that adjustment more quickly and start trapping or going over those screens and, and chasing their guards, Lillard and McCollum, earlier and, and sort of negating their, their hot streaks. Yes, fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't happen. Fortunately, we did make the adjustment. We did tune it up defensively, particularly in the fourth quarter, and really execute strongly on both ends. I think that really is the most promising takeaway from this game is that we did kind of get ourselves into a hole, at least momentum-wise, maybe not score-wise, um, and we did manage to execute under pressure, including our young guys down the stretch there, which for me was the biggest takeaway that we sort of recovered in the end there and everyone pulled together and, and got it done on both ends. So yeah, um, on, on the big man front though, um, let's revisit cancer very quickly. Cause he, he is part of that equation. I think I heard on, on the Bill Simmons pod today, like he referred to cancer as like the big guy they can bring in defensively. He said those words. I'm, I'm not, that's not verbatim, but he, he sort of, that's how he <laughs> referred to him. Um, what are your thoughts on, on that sentiment? No. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I look. I mean, Bill Simmons has got what? I don't know. Just three podcasts a week, two hours. He's got six hours worth yeah, of words to use. Stretched thin. Mm. <laughs> the odd one's going to come out in the wrong order. <laughs> that's fair. Well, we do it on our one hour a week, so I, I totally yeah, get it. <laughs> yeah, that's not correct though, Bill. <laughs> no. I mean, uh, in terms of his dimensions, he is like he is bigger than Tice. He. He is rebounding's part of it, you know. Yeah, yeah, and he did that yeah. well. Like he was, a, he had a good plus minus. I know single game plus minus isn't like the be all and end all uh, for a lot of people, but like he was yeah. on paper effective today, but also maybe one of the more frustrating yeah. guys in green on the court. That's the thing. Canner will have those games where you look at the stats sheet and you're like, "What the fuck's everyone about? He's great!" And like, it'll happen like more often than not. But then you actually watch him in the games where he's not effective. It's like it's really noticeable. Like I was, I was on board with Canner to start with, but like the more I've watched him and the more I've done this podcast, the more I'm like, "Yeah, you know what? It's just, eh, nah, Hard to I defend. I, I don't try. Well, ironically, I don't. And also, and also, also, I thought it was, I was. I don't want to get too political, but I was like reading about like how he's against Erdogan and stuff. I thought that was really cool. And then I like read about like the guy he actually like supports who is like just as bad almost yeah, so I was like yeah. okay it's gonna back away from that one a little bit yeah, oh whoa, whoa, are we gonna go down the wormhole no, of politics and NBA no, no. I'm moving away from the microphone <laughs> like this Joe we need Look a separate me. podcast for that uh, <laughs> I'm game well <laughs> I know. we've only got like 20 minutes eh? <laughs> I can't I go to- Black Lives Matter thing rid of the role but I was like nah you know. yeah I can't go downstairs to my, my wife at newborn child after this and say oh sorry I'm, I'm late I spent an hour talking about Turkish politics but uh, we, we can do a separate <laughs> Podcast. Sorry, I'm sorry. It's three AM, but we solved it. Yeah, <laughs> we know what has to happen. Just involves Cantor just playing a game. And yeah, I, I was watching him uh, quite intently today, and when he when he drops back, when he's put into a pick and roll, he he like he tries to defend both players and ends up defending neither of them. None. It's very very frustrating. Um, and I, I saw Brad get frustrated with him at that point in the game and pull him out of the game, despite all the awesome things he was doing on the offensive boards it's just not worth it i saw brad like have that realization today i saw it in his face and he pulled him directly out of the game at that at the exact moment um gordon hayward though moving on uh user larry dp72181 
says, Hayward probably had the quietest 22-9 and nine I've seen in a while. I knew he was everywhere tonight, but it never felt forced. He's just so mm. smooth. Uh, I said to you guys earlier um, in our chat that he kind of looks like that pre-Spurs handbrake game um, mm. version of Hayward. Would you guys agree with that? Uh, I don't. Um, and it's not that I... I don't completely disagree, but I just don't fully agree. Mm-hmm. And for me, that what 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 I'm noticing with Hayward is he's just getting stripped an awful lot sure. uh, in traffic. And um, those are when he's getting stripped, it's it's always like it's those it's it's that at the point where he has an advantage, right? Um, and today he got there was Portland made that challenge call. Trent Trent stripped him clean. Mm. Like it's not necessarily that he's playing bad. It's just it just feels like that's the kind of thing. I know when I go back and play, if I haven't played a while, that's the kind of thing that I really struggle to get back is that assertiveness with the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wonder whether there's a bit of that. I just feel like he needs maybe to get a bit more MF in him, you know? And just, yeah. Um, it just that's, that's that's my own little caveat with, with Hayward. But yeah. he's shooting it nicely. He's, he's, he's play, you know, he has a role with us and he's, and he's generally playing it well. It's pretty pretty uh, optimistic that like if that's him like being you know the, the softer, less assertive version, and that's like he walks over the twenty two and nine. Then if he does like kind of get his head on, like not necessarily stat line would improve, but you could just see him being more yeah like effective within the game. So I think that's mega encouraging, you know, because I would I would I never did really notice it, but like you know talking about it now, it's like yeah I, I kind of know what you mean. So I would. The thing that I was thinking of that's gonna be it's gonna piss piss us off is like if we are doing really well and he gets the yes. call from his wife to go home to have the baby and we're just without <laughs> him all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, I can't like really blame you for that, but shit. Like it's, it could be it could this could be like, you know, first you had the leg break, the whole comeback, and then the hand break, which is where I was getting momentum again. What if like we're starting to see like prime Haywood and then it's like oh got the call off I go and it's like game six of the East Conference Finals it's like oh <laughs> shit yeah Shemi yeah. Ojale is going to have to step up or <laughs> someone maybe uh, yeah, Grant Williams or someone's going to have to step up uh, in his absence but that's the we're on the trajectory for that like that I feel like that's going to happen where we're going to get a nice little sample size of the, the best Hayward we've seen in green like finally he's distanced himself from enough of his you know many injuries he's myriad of injuries and he, he puts together a good stretch of games then and then he rightfully so has to to leave the bubble for a little while and then quarantine on his return I feel like that's definitely going to happen to us as as fans and um, <laughs> it's just part of the whole experience unfortunately and it's going to be a, and it's going to be a social media nightmare too because there's oh. going to be so many people telling him he's like unloyal and all this shit and there's going to be the, the pro family people and it's like both are going to be right for wrong reasons and right for wrong reasons and it's going to be shit it is Ugh. cruel isn't it though yeah. that it's that you know <laughs> the better we do and the more important he'll be the more likely it is that he'll have to be you know that'll be out of the bubble for it yeah. you know yeah. maybe we can guilt yeah. him into a team friendly contract maybe uh, as he continues to to pile up the the pain uh, for, for all of us spectators and for the front office, I would imagine maybe we can yeah. guilt him into it somehow. He seems like a nice enough it, guy. It may not be that bad though, just to give a slightly optimistic thing. So think about it. So it'll be, he'll be out there and he'll be back four day quarantine, right? Yeah. So like two games, right? if you think about how the gaps, it might be a one game, mm. like he misses one game, you know, depending True. on how it, how it falls. Um, Orlando yeah. to Indiana is directly up. So it's not that far of a flight either. I don't think. 
Yeah, he flies so private everywhere he goes as well. Like if you follow him or his wife on Instagram, like every second day it looks like they're in a, a private jet going somewhere. So I think yeah. he's got like a pilot on speed dial and he can he can get where he needs to go when he wants to get there. So I gotta nice. look this up right now. Is that your <laughs> he's, life, he's a bowler. He's a literal bowler <laughs> with a sweet mustache <laughs> at the moment. Yeah. Um twenty eight million a year. Yeah, I think you could afford a jet for sure. Now, I, I was sort of celebrating the end-of-game execution by the Celtics, but there were a few blips, and whether or not you attribute these to the Celtics themselves or the referees, uh, I want to get into, actually. So, first of all, the, the backcourt call uh, Tatum to Hayward, I believe. Um, did you see the comments from the referees after the game, how they, they sort of justified that? How do you feel about that one? No, I didn't see I was ones. infuriated <laughs> by that call. Mm. Absolutely infuriated mm-hmm. by it. And I've seen I've seen the law, and it does appear like I had a cursory reading that they did apply the law correctly. But talk about the law being an an ass! Uh, like, th- think about this. Think about it. So basically, they said because the ball crossed the plane right into the front court. Well, that's a that's a pretty subjective determination to make. Yeah. Because it crossed the, into the plane, that if somebody touches it, having not established their own position in the front court pre- previously, then they are then then there's a backcourt violation. But it just doesn't work like that. Like because the equivalent thing was imagine the ball was bound the ball was imagine we were on attack right and someone throws an errant pass, the ball crosses the plane back into the backcourt right. Somebody leaps over, yeah. Okay, flings it back in, right? That's not a backcourt violation, and to me, those are that's the other that's the other side of the coin. Mm. Like nowhere else in the rule book does the ball breaking the plane really mean anything at all. If the ball's going out of bounds, so why here? It just doesn't make any sense. The only ones I can think of would be an inbounds pass. You can't have the ball over the outcourt like for an inbounds and the the cylinder above the the rim. They're the only two like planes I can think of. But yeah, the backcourt example, if it's going over the backcourt, it's where you take off from. It doesn't mean shit if you're like, yeah, so I don't, yeah, that's crap. It was definitely like a shitty ref call, 100%. Totally. Uh, so the justification from the ref, I haven't got the, the quote in front of me, but essentially that it was the in, there was intent in the passing and because it was an intentional pass, uh, for whatever reason, the, the, the plane crossing element comes into play there as opposed to there's no control of possession. Someone dives back over the backcourt line to, to you know hoist it back over the head or whatever. Um, the, the rule doesn't apply there apparently. But to me, it, it just feels like they're kind of making this shit up as they go along, which is very I, frustrating. I, yeah. 100%. <laughs> yeah. 100% this one. 100%. They don't know that rule. No, like, no one would ever assume that rule's the case. So, because what they're saying is if the ball hadn't, hadn't, hadn't crossed the plane, let's say the exact same thing happens and Hayward jumps, he catches it in the air and his, and his foot goes down, right? And so he jumps from the backcourt, catches it in the air and his foot goes down, but the ball somehow stays behind it, then it's not a backcourt violation. That, that makes no sense at all. That, that, that's an absurdity. I could see it being enforced against someone like, you know, like a Durant or a, or a Giannis who's like really long. Like what if their arm was in position where it was over the plane, threw it back, <laughs> but was caught in the same position? Like I'm not trying to hate on Giannis and stuff, but I mean, we, we saw firsthand like like 
some of the calls that the favorable, like, you know, the top five of the MVP, put, put, do that in a situation where they're running the play. And I'd like to see how many of them get called for a backcourt. Just saying. Absolutely. Just, just saying. Yep, totally. User King of Pants on the post-game thread wrote, I think it's more of a dodgy rule than a dodgy ref. The, the rule is unnecessarily convoluted, which I, I, mm. I agree with. Like, probably Joe, fair. you you know, reading from the Bible before. Obviously, we don't take everything from the Bible literally. <laughs> the the same it? needs to apply here. <laughs> Um, Brad Stevens had a nine-man rotation today. I'm just going to bring up the box score to read the lesser obvious name. So the obvious players, we talked about the starters and, and Marcus Smart and Cantor. Uh, and then you've got Shemi, Grant Williams, Brad Wanamaker. Um, I feel like we should touch on on sort of the lesser used Celtics a little bit. Are you, are you happy with this nine-man rotation? Um, do you think someone shouldn't have played? Do you think someone should have played that didn't? How do you, how do you feel about this overall? I want more Grant Williams. I feel like he's better with more minutes. Totally. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Limited I think to Cant- seven minutes today. Yeah. I think Cantor gets the axe when it starts to get real and you see the minutes distributed a little bit more hep- um, evenly amongst the um, yeah the bench guys. Yeah, totally. And like Kemba with 22 minutes, and he didn't quite hit that 23-minute cap today, but his minutes are going to go up you know, towards the 35 mark once we get into the playoffs. And... Um, hopefully you'd see that detract from uh, from Enos Kanter, even though they play completely different positions. Hmm. Um, Brad Wanabaker, I we talked about him on the last podcast quite a bit. Uh, zero for zero from the from the floor in almost ten minutes. That's I like that Brad Wanamaker. Just like play <laughs> play point guard. You know, bring the ball up, distribute, get out of the way, and he did that very very well. And I was very happy with Wanamaker um, as a result today. Can't miss the shots you don't take. <laughs> That's right. <Yeah. laughs> uh, and just to close out the, the game recap, user Elite Speak wrote on the post game thread The Celtics win, but the war against Tice continues. Uh, fuck the refs. Uh, so, on that, it, I, we didn't quite get to this questionable call, but there was another yeah, quite terrible let's call. The, uh, yeah. Let's get back to the rage. On Tice. Yeah. <laughs> um, we talked about the war on Tice. Like, is it is it real or are we just sensitive uh, as C's fans? And I, I didn't actually see this call, I wasn't watching the game at that, that moment that it happened for whatever reason, probably because of my very young child. Um, can, can you walk me through that? Like what, what exactly happened there and why was it so controversial? Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart tipped the pass. The pass goes in the air. Both Hayward, uh, both both um, Tice and Nurkic jump, arms out, extended out into the air to try and get the ball. Um, Tice actually winds up, with the, winds up with the ball and gets knocked to the ground and they call the foul on him. And it was just one of those ones where the refs made a crap call and... You can always justify a foul call one way or the other, you know? Like, you can always find some reason. But in general, yeah, it's totally bogus. Tice is at the center of so many bad calls, um, particularly defensively when he's backpedaling and, his, and he's got his arms pointed to the ceiling and a guy drives into his chest and they'll call a foul on him. Like, that's that's not a foul. It's just not. You, you, you know, you're entitled to that position as a defender. So, um, yeah. I, I think it is real. I think he gets a very bad whistle. Yeah, I, th- I think we're definitely hypersensitive to it because by 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 default we watch all of his games. <laughs> sure. Um, 
there might be another there might be a class of player out there that gets the same kind of just unfavorable whistle but like i i would bet like a, a significant stake of money if there was some way to prove it was objectively you know you know provable in like a court of law yeah he definitely gets a, he definitely gets a shit whistle like just just the you know countless exhibits from you know throughout the season we had a couple of great examples in the game against the box and we had another couple again today so like I mean, if we see a couple of games where he doesn't get a whistle, then I might back off a little bit. But yeah, you, I can. I know there's going to be at least one really shit one against Miami. I don't know how or why or what's going to happen, but I just know there's going to be another one. And we're just going to be like, ah, there it is again. Mm. Not even shocked. So I don't know. Yeah, brace yourself, Celtics Nation. It's coming. <laughs> Absolutely. I think it's going to continue to, to thrive, at least until, um, I don't know, he's, he's, he's better recognized among more casual NBA fans and, and the rest. Maybe he needs a more... Maybe means a more noticeable haircut or something. He's to go back to the Maybe shape of peroxide back. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he just a quick note on Tyus. He's he's got such good hands. Like uh, I just he he catches these what look like really difficult dump off passes from our point guards, Smart and Kemba, under the hoop where like it just looks like either Smart or Kemba are going to get completely swallowed up by the defense on what what looks like it's going to be a layup attempt, and then like this almost like a, a last minute pass in like rugby league or whatever where they like they ditch the ball right before they get tackled same thing seems to happen with with smart and kemba and and tice is so ready to receive those passes and i just feel like that's such a skill that maybe isn't <laughs> super common among big men in the nba so really really impressive sensational <laughs> sensational hands daniel tice <laughs> i love it i love it for sure um just very quickly before we go the, the grizzlies they lost again today um and they play the pelicans i think tomorrow or the next day and then they only play good teams for the remainder of the season um uh, which bodes very very well for our potentially getting a higher lottery pick there just wanted to bring that up um, to yeah. end the, the podcast I believe in the Spurs I believe in the Spurs they'll make it somehow <laughs> I believe in the Blazers I have to say yeah absolutely True. yeah no, I good. actually do I do and I was actually not going to be so upset if we'd lost today although by the time we got to the end and those bad calls were happening yeah. against Tice I was <laughs> hard from that's it. right big picture though big picture though I was happy to see the Blazers go ahead I think they're good all right, that's going to do it for this one. We will be back sometime within the next week to discuss the upcoming games against the Heat and the Nets. And of course, we've got the Raptors on the weekend. It's uh, Saturday Aussie time. Um, in the meantime, if you're enjoying the show, go slap a five-star rating, a subscribe, even a review on the podcast. That'd be very much appreciated. Jackson and Joe, love your work, guys. Talk to you soon. Cheers, boys. Cheers, guys. Until next time, go Celtics. Peace. Hiking in the sun, the happiness that you mourn. You know the kids still dance, so we supply all the songs. If I'm wrong, you hit the Superman like Soldier at War. You grew your-